What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. Uh, like I said on Twitter earlier, if you follow me on there, we have a pretty special guest coming on to talk some uh, Pirates ball with us. Um, but first, let me introduce everybody. First, we got Big Bear, Anthony Murphy in the house, in the house, I should say, because we're in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, and we also have the Bayou on? Batty, Nola Jeffy. Boys, what's going on? What's going on? I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> decked myself out in Pittsburgh gear, all pens. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, <laughs> we forgot to introduce the man of the hour, uh, Jason Mackey, beat writer for the Pirates. How you doing, Jason? Very appreciative that you came on the show to talk to us, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Thank you for having me. Although I don't know about that man of the hour talk. Uh, I don't know if I'm a man of like five minutes, but happy to be here. Yeah, not a problem, man. And I, I must say, you have some beautiful lip lettuce going on there. <laughs> you know, the ridiculous story about the mustache, I swear to you, like my wife insists on me keeping it. I did it once as a joke. And she's like, I actually like it. And I was like, I don't. I look ridiculous. You're not cutting it. Or you're not doing it. So um, I go home tomorrow um, for a few days to see my family. And like, I, I would legit be in trouble if I showed up without a mustache. So oh, boy. Um, I shaved and I kind of set it off a little bit and it just, I, it looks absurd. I don't know how long <laughs> I keep doing this. I guess, I guess uh, John Baker got to you. <laughs> yeah. John Baker's rubbing off on me. If I could be half as smart as that, man, I'll be all right. But yeah, the, uh, no joke. The mustache is a first for me. I can't grow facial hair as much as I would like, but you know, I, I don't know. It's something different. It 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 is generate. I will say this in the clubhouse. It has generated quite a few laughs um, with pirate <laughs> players. And if they want to have fun at my expense, I'm all for it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, you know, the first just to get the ball rolling here. You know, the first question I wanted to you know discuss with you was uh, what just happened with Mitch Keller. I mean. I don't want to get my hopes up because I, I always do with Mitch, but man, it, he just looks different, you, you know, and, and working out at Tread Athletics and the dugout uh, in Iowa, uh, you know, I learned that he was stretching his arm out, not short arming it as much, not working yep. strictly out of the stretch. And uh, he's bumping it up to hundred miles an hour sometimes and 97, 98 consistently. So what have you seen from Mitch? What you're the issue you're having or like the, the mental gymnastics you're doing is the same stuff I'm doing watching him all the time. I mean, you want to get excited. It looks really good. Um, it's also spring training and it's two outings in spring training, but uh, he's looked awesome. I, I not only the velocities, I mean, that's great, but also like how he's commanding his fastball is much better than I've ever seen from him. Um, his breaking stuff is sharper and in the correct places. He's no longer like getting O2 and then just leaving something in the middle of the plate. Um, he's got a new pitch. Like, just, oh, by the way, he throws a slurve now that he threw it today and it looked really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I, w- I would say from getting to know him a little bit, just like observing his demeanor, it is so different. Like last season, this kid was just beat up. You know, he's depressed and you, you read or saw the quote like, I'm the most frustrated guy in here. Like he's not frustrated. He's chill. He's confident. He's a lot of things that are really good. Um, obviously, that would change if he gets hit around during the regular season. 
But right now, I'm with you. Like, I'm really close to wanting to buy into this because it looks good. Yeah. Uh, would you say, uh, you know, below four ERA is a very good expectation to have from him? Nothing too lofty? Yeah. I mean, I'd settle for under five at this point. Like, I'm not trying to be a wise guy with that. But, I mean, I, th- I certainly think it's possible. Uh, expectation? I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to expect something like that out of somebody that has just been so up and down. But, I mean, if he's healthy, if he's pitching the way he has in spring, if this somehow continues with the velocity and the control and the execution of the break and stuff, there's no reason it shouldn't be under me. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, continuing with the spring training theme, uh, so to speak, O'Neal Cruz. I mean, the kid can absolutely hit moonshots, and they're out of the park quickly. 100 plus EVs, it seems like all the time. And, you know, we saw that in the minor leagues as well. But Kevin Newman also hit 750 in spring training, man. So (laughs) is this going to be something we should expect from O'Neal on a consistent basis? Like, is this guy going to be someone who we can put with Brian Reynolds and maybe key Brian Hayes uh, in a smaller role as well uh, as the future? of this club or is that just too high expectations for this kid? I mean, I think eventually I think that's his place. Uh, Not, not quite yet though. I mean, that's, that's my feeling that like what we're seeing is great. It's just a tremendously small sample size and Mm -hmm. I hope I'm wrong and I hope it continues. But to this point, the one issue that O'Neill Cruz has had has been consistency. And that's been offensively, that's been staying healthy, that's been performance at the plate. And that's nothing against him. He's just a young kid. It's going to happen. Uh, but if he started in AAA, and I know this is very tough to explain to people because I'm right with them. He's fun. He's personable. He hits balls a mile. Like He's one of the few positive stories they have going with them. But if he doesn't demonstrate that consistency, it's not the end of the world for him to start in the minors a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, again, do I want to see that? No. I want to see him just continue to crush balls and be their opening day shortstop. Believe me. Uh, but if, if he wasn't quite there in terms of consistency, I would understand it because of how his development has gone to this point. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a tough thing to say, you know, with – him starting in AAA, but it's it's probably reality when you think about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. So kind of kind of building off of that, just talk about uh, O'Neill with everything like that. So like watching the games and all that, the games that he's been in at shortstop, it doesn't look like we've gotten that good of a look at him, like actually like throwing the ball too much. So like on the side, since you you obviously have a much better look on, how has he looked like at short? In, in, in like drills and everything like that has he had yeah. the issues that have like known to have or yeah uh, he has he has and I would love to sit here and pretend like his defense has been great but it's it's the same thing it's inconsistent he sailed throws he's missed routine ground balls and I'm not knocking him. like it's just normal stuff that you would expect out of a kid who's still developing you know I still no. he's going to be just fine in the long run um, also can be six seven yeah, he's right. He's six foot seven. He's raw and he's athletic as all get out. And I, I don't know if shortstop's going to be his position long term. I'm really intrigued to see what he does in the outfield. I think that's going to happen very soon. Um, and 
you know, he, he can run the way he throws. Like he's made to be an outfielder. In, in my opinion, anyway, I mean, you have like Leover Pagaro, um, potential shortstop. It's just, I don't know. To me, it looks like his future is in right field at PNC Park. Um, but the right now, maybe you continue to play him at shortstop. But to answer your question about the defense, like it has been what you would expect. It's been choppy. One sticking out of my head, he's actually playing second base at the time, and he ranges like you know three steps to cover twenty yards and makes a play on a ball that like no other human would get to, but he can because he's a freak. Um, so, just give me a little bit of consistency is all I would want from him. Yeah, I think that's everyone's little critique with O'Neill is just consistency, and he's young, and, and consistency is hard to come by in a kid that young. So hopefully, with age comes consistency. Um, so one of the things too, they, they, uh, you know, MLB announced that they're going to be going there for the first month of the season. They're going to you know, expand to 28 man, uh, 28 man roster. Have you gotten a sense of how the pirates might have approached with that? Or how do you feel like the line, the, uh, they might shake out the roster and everything like that. Do you think they're just going to load as many pitchers as they can to help these things in? Or do you think like a, a position player and then maybe which position player might sneak in extra? Honestly, given the makeup of their roster at this point, I'm expecting it to be pitchers. Um, and, and the other side of that is all of the sort of clues that they've dropped in terms of how they plan on handling pitchers. Uh, Derek Shelton said the other day, opening day starter for us is going to be like a nominal term or something like that. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but like they fully expect their starters to go four or five innings max, um, which means you're going to have to cover some innings in there. And I think they expect a lot of like back and forth with their rotation. Like this guy's making a start. Okay. This guy's sitting out, you know, they might be at six, but it's going to feel more like seven or eight just because of the number of bodies rotating through. Um, and okay. so I say all that to say those extra two roster spots, I'm expecting to go to pitchers. Uh, and then you can use, I don't know if you would call it a piggyback, but like Zach Thompson should be able to go, you know, three, four innings. Bryce Wilson should be able to go three, four innings. You're going to use guys in those longer roles. Um, and then you still have like a back end of the bullpen that includes David Bednar, Chris Stratton, Sam Howard, Anthony Bonda, like those types, Heath Embry. Um, you know, you can sort of have your like longer bullpen guys. And then your if we have a lead, we're going to protect it bullpen guys. And so it, the makeup of the roster too, the way this looks to me, I mean, like Cole Tucker has looked good is a very much a possibility. Um, Michael Chavis has not looked good, but I, I think they kind of want him to make the team. Um, you've got some guys that with, they have intriguing skill sets, right? Like Hoy Park, does he make it? Where does I was going to bring him up Park, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, they have guys that are on the roster fringe that can play multiple spots. Yeah. yeah. Nola, you want to uh, chime in here? Yeah, I guess kind of diving back to like when you were talking about uh, Piguero and O'Neal um, and watching these spring training games, one thing I feel I've kind of noticed, I was kind of wondering to get your feeling on it. Um, do you feel like the prospects came into spring training this year a lot more prepared and ready um, for spring training? Because it seems like they're handling themselves a lot better than maybe we've seen before where they come in and they might take a couple hacks and just – miss the ball but these kids they look like they belong at the plate they're taking pitches and working counts and getting solid contact 
I know what you're saying. And I remember even thinking back to last year, you know, watching Mason Martin, Nick Gonzalez, Cal Mitchell or whatever, you know, they mm-hmm. looked like they were young kids playing in a spring training game where I don't mm-hmm. think they look like that now. Um, yeah. I think there's probably a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one, they're coming off actually having a minor league season, which helps. Sure. Um, two, I think they're just good players and are growing up and they're getting closer to the big leagues. Like, you know, Mason Martin should make his MLB debut this year. Um, mm-hmm. He strikes out too much, but like, I still think there's something there. Uh, Nick Gonzalez is going to be one of the best players to start the season in double A could very easily jump to triple A. And he's just, he's just a good hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I also like, and I've written a lot about this stuff, like just what the pirates have done differently with development. I think they're on mm-hmm. a very good path with that stuff. Um, I, they're getting through to younger players. They're, doing things in new and innovative ways. Like I, I have a very high opinion of John Baker and Johnny Tucker and uh, Josh Hopper and all these people, like I'm probably leaving people out, but I think they're doing a very good job of preparing these prospects. So yeah, they, they do look different to me. I just, I think it's kind of multifaceted why they look different. Yeah. I think John Nunnally also has a, a part in that For sure. too. Uh, I know him and Mason Martin are extremely close. Um, and one of the things he always, uh, preach to Mason was dominate your zone. And, you know, we haven't seen that really pan out with the strikeouts as of yet, but Mason's power is his power and that plays. Sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt me. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I tell anybody that would listen on this and I'll, I'll just say it here. I know I don't have to convince you guys, but like if Mason Martin can, can, figure out like the strikeout thing and make more consistent contact and not strike out as much as he had. I mean, he is going to be so fun of a player to have at PNC park. Like he's a really good kid. He works his butt off. He's well-spoken. He carries himself the right way. He puts everything into his work. He has Mm -hmm. an absolute ton of power. He easily capable of putting the ball in the Allegheny river. Like he's, he's not O'Neill Cruz. I mean, very few human beings are O'Neill Cruz, but like, He's close. Uh, and he, he also can hold his own defensively at first base. Like Mason Martin can really add value to this team if he he's just pretty gets pretty fast for a first baseman, out. too. What's that? I say he's pretty fast for a first baseman, too. <laughs> Did he pay you to say that? <laughs> nah, I, just, I remember watching a couple of games last year, and I, I think I watched him lug out a couple of triples. I was like, damn. <laughs> somebody thinks mason martin's fast all right i mean he doesn't clog up the bases by any stretch but i mean he's not gonna outrun g1 bay i no. mean he's gonna outrun yeah. at least uh josh bell con moran or tutugo <laughs> so would we yeah i think so would we well i mean mm. well murph maybe not big bear maybe not he, he's more of I mean, a I just do running short distance I runner I, yeah i always tell anyone if you see me running run faster <laughs> something bad's happening um you know we we saw today Rowanzi Contreras came out on the mound and he didn't look his best let's just say that he gave up a couple bombs but he settled down after that and he's what 22 years old so young still has time to mature obviously but can you see maybe Rowanzi Contreras coming to the majors at some point this year and having a longer stretch than just one game per se? Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't have, I, I think Rowanzi will make a nice healthy amount of starts in the major leagues this year. I don't have any, 
concerned about that. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to make like 25. I guess I should clarify right. that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's going to start the year with the big club. I think he's going to start at AAA. But, you know, he, to me, looks like somebody who should be able to hand, handle himself very well in AAA. And I think he's going to earn himself an opportunity to pitch again in the big leagues. And I think that the Pirates, because of how they want to do things at the major league level, probably aren't going to ask a ton from Rowanzi. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into how he pitched today. I mean, he didn't look his best. So what? It's a spring training game, right. whatever. Um, I mean, this kid's an elite pitcher. I, for crying out loud, he throws 98 miles an hour with terrific breaking stuff, has a feel for what he's doing, way above average changeup for somebody his age and, like, you know, arm profile. Uh, I mean, these spring training games are weird, man. They really are. Like, you have a lot of people putting way too much pressure on themselves for results that aren't always taken seriously. Um, it's just a weird sort of mental exercise. And I see Rowanzi as somebody who's like, you know, still trying to maybe gain confidence or comfortability at this biggest, at the biggest level. And once he gets sort of a, like competing with more like-minded people or like in the same, same stage of their careers, I think you'll see the numbers look a little better. And, you know, it's, it's a weird jump for him too. You know, I, I know last year he had jumped from the Yankees organization to the pirates and they run things completely different. So it, a lot of credit goes to Rowanzi for adjusting the way he did and performing the way he did, Um, you know, jumping from two different mindsets of organizations because both minor league systems are completely different in terms of development and the way they handle their players. You know, I mean, he got a swagger, he said, you know, he can actually be himself. And Yahore said that too. So I don't know, man, it's Rowanzi feels like he's probably one of the top pitchers in this organization, if not the top pitcher, Quinn Priester might have something to say about that, but that, that might just be semantics at this point, man. I don't know. Um, Last one, I'd probably be really, really quick with it. Um, Backup catcher, who do you feel like is the uh, the favorite to land it? Yeah, we we were kicking this one around at dinner tonight. I this is a really interesting one to me. I mean, my my short answer is Michael Perez. Um, With context, I would say that I I wish they would add to that position in some way. It scares me if something happens to Roberto Perez that we're counting on Michael Perez, who hit one forty three or something last season. So like carry the load, or if it's not him, it's Jamie Ritchie or Taylor Davis. Um, there has to be an option out there. I'm not looking at a free agent list of catchers right now, but like I would really like to see them find somebody they can stash in AAA until need be, or you know just bring that guy in and let him play. Um, they clearly did not think super highly of Michael Perez, otherwise they would have kept him on the 40 man roster. Um, I think, yeah, I talked to Michael a couple of days ago and like the gist of what he said is just that his year last year was terrible and he didn't like how it was and he didn't like anything about what he did offensively. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, his year was terrible and very few people liked what he did offensively. Um, even his defense I thought was below average, but uh, it just scares me because I think that backup catcher is going to need to play a decent amount of games to keep Roberto, Roberto Perez healthy. But of the three that I mentioned, I mean, I, I would still take Michael Perez over Jamie Ritchie and Taylor Davis. I just, I, I wish they would add a fourth. Is that because Michael Perez hit a bomb in spring training? You can be honest. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it really is. I mean, 
my reasoning, honestly, guys, I mean, Michael Perez has actually played in the big leagues. Yeah. Jamie Ritzy, I, I don't believe has Taylor Davis is like, has not even had like a sip of coffee. I mean, it's just, it's literally the best available option. I can't say it's anything mm-hmm. like I'm excited by, or I think, Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I covered the game where he hit the home run. Like there was some wind helping there. That was not an <laughs> O'Neill Cruz shot by any stretch. Um, <laughs> You know, and it literally it bounced off of the top of the wall. Like I'm not, I'm not about to get that excited, but, um, you know, he has played the big leagues. Yeah. Okay. Nola, do you have any uh, final question here before I give mine? Um. Well, I guess uh, it kind of works well with talking about backup catchers. Uh, going into Mackey's prior experience. So, uh, what do you think about your chances as being a uh, six foot four backup catcher? <laughs> man slim and none and and slim is uh you know on a plane back to pittsburgh man i I wish i spent my whole life trying to convince people i could catch and i spent my whole life getting rejected and being told that i just, I just remember that twitter photo you posted of you and the catcher catcher gear <laughs> and i was damn proud of it too thank you very much <laughs> that's right Jason, we appreciate your time, man. I just have one more question for you before you go, man. Um, You know, the transition from Neil Huntington to Ben Charrington uh, seems to be noticeable uh, in certain aspects. Um, You know, being in the locker room, getting the vibe, getting the feel uh, from everyone in the organization, what would you say changed the most uh, from the Neil Huntington era to now the Ben Charrington era? Man, that's a, wow. That's a good question and an interesting question. Let me think on that for a minute here or not. Yeah. Not quite a minute, but um, I would say that one of the things that strikes me and I might hit on a couple, but um, you know, cause I, I can't tell you about like the individual processes that Charrington is doing. Um, you know, they keep that stuff away from us. But one thing you do hear consistently is how inclusive Ben is. And I like that. Like he's really nerdy about leadership and how he sort of delegates and entrusts things to people and whatever. Uh, it didn't seem like Huntington was that way. You never heard, you know, it was kind of like he had his guys and that was it. Um, and I, I think that's smart. If you're a team like the Pirates, like you need to sort of fan out and rely on other people and delegate authority and empower them to do things. Um, and so it seems like that part of it is really good. Like you don't talk to many people who work for Ben or work around Ben who have a lot of negative stuff to say about him. Like they appreciate the way he does the job. Um, I would argue that they've used that to maybe go in a more definitive direction than Neil did. And, And I realize that's subjective. You guys may have a different take on that, but like, I don't remember any time in Huntington's tenure where he was like full speed ahead to like a rebuild or something like that. And you know, Fans probably don't like it as much, but I do understand the need to do what they're doing. I do understand the need that it, it, you take, take a few steps back, restock the farm system, whatever. So um, I, I would say just to sum up that kind of word salad of an answer, just like Ben being cool with people around him and also just picking a definitive direction that his team needs. 
Yeah. And it seems like he knows every single prospect on a first name basis. And I, w- I wasn't too familiar with Neil because I was, you know, a kid at the time. Now I'm, you know, 26 and I have a better brain, so to speak. But it, it seems like Ben has a personal relationship with each and every prospect and where they are, you know, mentally and physically. So I guess that would be the biggest change I've seen with Ben is, like you said, he's more personable, uh, especially yeah, with the prospects. I mean, he's also surrounded himself with really good people. I like yeah. that part of it too. Like, you know, we talked about John Baker and Josh Hopper and Johnny Tucker and John Nunnally was obviously here. Um, you know, Steve Sanders is really bright. Ozzo Campo is no longer with them, but is a really, really good, like, you know, like international guy. And, you know, there's some good people. Kevin Graves, Charrington was very lucky that Kevin Graves was here when he came in and got the job. And like Graves is really bright. And so you know, I, I think a fool, it would be foolish for Ben to sort of wall himself off from these people. And that's not what he does. And he trusts them to do their jobs. Um, and, you know, I would say he knows these prospects and takes an interest in these prospects. But I think he also relies a lot on his staff to give him his help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Jason, like I said, we really appreciate your time, man. I know, uh, you know, you said you had to go. So um, for everyone listening, uh, thank you so much. For everyone listening thank to you. the show, be sure to uh, follow Jason's stuff uh, on Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, great stuff, man. Always admire your work. And, uh, you know, keep on keeping on and uh, enjoy that family time real soon, man. Awesome. Will do. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Have a good night. You as well. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thanks for coming on, man. Yep. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Jason Mackey. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, great, great writer, always gives good insight. Um, One of the more interesting, I guess, topics that we discussed was uh, Mitch Keller. And I don't know how you feel about it, Murph, but Mitch is Mitch. And I I have so much hope and so much faith in the guy, but, like, he takes, like, five steps forward and sometimes he takes six steps back. And it's like – are we going to be hurt again? I feel like Michael yeah. Scott saying I'm ready to be hurt again. Cause I am, I'm ready. It's just, I don't want to do it again, man. That's being a Pirates fan. Being ready to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's spring training and he mentioned it's spring training. It's two outings. I mean, it's what four innings total. Mm-hmm. So like, man, that is such a small sample size, but he, this just, you can feel a difference with him yeah at least to me like this this doesn't look like the guy the the guy we've seen struggle and and looks like a deer in the headlights if something goes wrong and or something anything like that i mean we haven't really seen him with his back against the wall or anything like that in his couple innings of pitching but like just the stuff feels different just the the whole demeanor looks different Mm -hmm. so if if this is the year this is the year yeah, and, so. you know, I, his back wasn't up against the wall, but the second batter he faced in the Phillies lineup, four-pitch walk. Then I'm yeah. like, oh, I, I don't want to see that, man. Granted, the ump really wasn't given some calls I, there. I, I feel like there's some bad bad calls by the ump on on, on both both sides during, during, that, uh, during that game. Yeah. Um, so there's some that you could probably make a case for, for strikes. I mean, that's that's part of the game, though, until any kind of automated system comes in. So, I mean, he, he rolled with it, though. Four-pitch, brushed it off, went out there, 
got some outs and never looked back after that. Yeah. I think it was, uh, who's, uh, the new pirates beat writer for MLB.com. Is that justice? De Los Santos. Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Justice. Uh, he said he, Mitch Keller's keeping the bat companies, uh, going, uh, cause he's been breaking some bats, man. Uh, that was, yeah. you know, what was it, like 98, 99, broke the bat, 3-1 count. I mean, Mitch is looking good. He he looked good. And mm-hmm. his back was against the wall a little bit. Like I said, four-pitch walk. It's like, shit, here we go again. But he got it together, and that's what you like to see. And it was three near-perfect innings. You know, he walked a batter, so clearly not perfect. But I don't know. Not Cy Young. I, I'm not feeling Cy Young. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling a below four ERA, and that's a start. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with 25 to 30 starts and anything, like how Jason said, anything under five, really. I feel like that's just that's, – that's an even bigger step forward. Like a, a lot of things I've been hearing and, and reading and all that, like it's just a reminder, like he's still only pitched about a season's worth of games in his career at the major league level. It's crazy so to he, think he's about. He's still, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the 2020 season kind of did that. 2019, he, he was hurt for a little bit. Um, I believe he was hurt for a bit. I know he missed a little bit of time. Um, mm-hmm. And last year he was down to trip, went down to AAA for a little bit. He's only pitched. 170 innings or so in his career yeah so this is really like him coming into his second year first year not great obviously um i I don't know we'll we'll see this this is kind of he's made that kind of push off the field and in the early stages of stuff and you know that slur looked really really nice on there if he starts hitting the spots with that maybe get some good calls um I don't know if this, if it's if there's going to be a year where he breaks out. This 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 is it. Yeah, it, he's done all the right stuff. You feel kind of bad saying I wish it was when we were in more of a contention role to have a breakout season, but it kind of feels like a make or break year for Mitch. And we say that every year, but we got to start seeing something, man. We got to yeah. start seeing something. So. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Mitch and maybe he's opening day starter. Who knows? Maybe it's Quintana. Maybe. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll really see that with how he reacts the first time that, that someone takes him yard. Mm. I, I think, I think we'll, we'll really get a good idea of, of what they've worked on mentally as far as that is concerned. Yeah, that's going to be a big test. And uh, Dave Stegen, if you're listening to this, I don't need any uh, Jose Batista gif bat flips when I talk about Mitch anymore. Okay? I'd appreciate it, Dave. No. No, I love you, Dave. You're good, man. You're good. Um, Another thing that I think that needs mentioned is what are the pirates going to do with those extra spots and what's the bench going to look like if they do go full blown pitcher mode uh, for that first month, you know, I mean, you got the DH now, so you got to count that into uh, consideration, you know, either Yoshi or uh, Vogelback. 
we're not sure who maybe they alternate maybe Vogelback is the permanent dh unless there's lefties and i wrote an article on that who's going to bat lefty um i don't know so what do you think this bench will look like uh as of right now because i know you did some roster crunches and you had some uh it was so stressful i know yeah it's so stressful. i I, i'm like i know i mentioned it on um on twitter and we've talked about it a little bit this whole roster crunch and the whole roster construction, everything like that is so much easier. If O'Neill Cruz is the opening day shortstop, it does it make is, it a little easier. Everything just falls into place because like, I, I really like what I've seen from Cole Tucker this year. Mm. Um, but, and, and as much as like, I'd like him to be like the starting second baseman or starting shortstop or what, however you want to do it. I, I just love like the kind of versatility that he offers now being able to put him out in the outfield as well. Yeah. Um, so I would, in an ideal, I mean, I, I guess even if he's like the opening day second baseman, that doesn't keep him from shifting out there for a game if need be. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if Cruz is the opening day shortstop, everything else just kind of falls into place. But we know he's not going to be the opening day shortstop, yeah. which I'm like, as much as I would love to see him for 162 games, we're gonna see. We're gonna see this for over the next five years. I could wait another month or two to get him, get him up, get him up there. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's yeah. fine. So without him, obviously, you're probably gonna have Newman's. Obviously, have Newman starting that short. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I think I think at this point, <laughs> I think at the, I, I was looking at a, a was it baseball savant today. Newman actually hit a ball over 100 miles an hour today. I did Which, see that. I, I saw it. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I know. I'm sure that's happened before, but I'm sure you can count on a couple hands how many times that's happened. <laughs> he did start at second base too. Everyone was losing their fucking yeah. minds over that. They're like, "Oh, this is guaranteed." Yeah. Cruz is starting shortstop. No, it's not. No, it, it's not. They're getting they're getting they're getting Cole Tucker some looks at short. Yeah, to help increase the flexibility that I was talking about that I, I kind of love at, out of having Tucker there. But so if Tucker's your starting second baseman, which at this point, I definitely Michael Chavez, he, he hasn't been good. I don't know of a scenario that you can say that he's going to be the, you're going to want him in the starting lineup at this point. He, he kind of seems like a guy that you can spell either Yoshi or, Vogelbach when there's a lefty and and you could DHM or play him at first or something like that. Of course. Um, it's slim pickings, really. Do I you mean, have Park? You have Shab. I, I think at this point, Park probably makes the team. And when I say that, that's probably because for as good as I feel like he's played and how big I am on him, I also don't see a scenario in which Diego Castillo makes the opening day roster. No, no, he doesn't. He's triple um, Yeah. So I love Castillo. I think he's probably your most ideal option as a stopgap between yeah. now and when Gonzalez is ready. Mm. So, so Park probably makes the, the team still nice to have that lefty off the, the bench that can play infield, outfield, play a little bit of everything. Um, I guess the really one spot's going to go to a backup catcher. We don't know who that is. Jason uh, Jason feels like it's going to be Perez, which that's a good point. He's the only guy with major league experience yeah, or yeah. consistent major league experience. He has some familiarity with the pitching staff from last year, yeah. which which not even Perez can really offer that. So, or Roberto Perez. Yeah. Um, 
So really, the last spot is, does the, do you give it to Anthony Alford at this point? Like, has he done anything more than than you're saying for Chavez has done? Not no, really. No, but I think maybe that, Alfred's like, speed. Maybe that offers a little that, bit. That may save it. Like even then, you have like Greg Allen too. Yeah, who's actually hit the ball and does have that speed as well. When he beat out that base um, hit, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. You know? he, he's he, he's really impressed me yeah. so far this spring, and he, like I think he's small sample size again, but he he's done a taking a pretty good step in cementing that he's going to be one of your three starting outfielders. Yeah, Gamble is um, prop most likely. Yeah, yeah Gamble and Reynolds are. They're locks. Yeah, Gamble and Reynolds are obviously your your two. I would have to imagine at this point, Greg Allen's your other. Yeah. Um, but if if you're not going with with uh, Alfred, who who else do you go with at that at that point? I don't think Oliva is Oliva has he hasn't done anything really. No. The one thing I will um, say is Oliva, Oliva offers maybe Oliva. a little more defense. Maybe. Yes. And if, if that's what you're digging with at your be- on your bench, you can probably live with a, a defensive first Outfit. guy. Yeah. Speed. Yeah. I mean, speed uh, kills. And Oliver probably has the edge there uh, on Alfred. I don't know. It's tough. It's I a mean, tough I've, scenario. And then, and then I started looking at it, too. Like, who are some of like, the non-roster guys that – I mean, they're they're full on the forty man, so like they would have to make a move on it. And I kind of don't feel like the pirate. I don't. Nothing that I have seen over the last couple of years would make me feel like uh, Ben Sherrington is just going to be go like, okay, well, opening day we're just going to DFA someone like Alfred and add someone back to the uh, yeah. I don't see that back either. there, but yeah. So I, I I almost say that Anthony Alfred makes it by default. Yeah, like if they're going all pitchers with with the twenty eight man roster, maybe maybe the bench thing is, is a little bit clearer. Mm. But if they want to if they want to sneak another position player in there, then then maybe it gets a little bit interesting. Do you go with like a pure outfielder? Is there like a utility option or something like that you can go with? Do you think Castillo carry a third would benefit? Pitcher? So like that was my initial thought. Is like you, you give you another chance to get a better look at someone mm-hmm. like a Diego Castillo. It frees up some space in AAA to start the year for some of the guys who are down there because, like we talk, we talk about like the roster crunch at the major league level. The minors is even worse. Yeah. So you get an added opportunity to look at somebody when they when it drops back down to twenty six. You could send Castillo or whoever back down to AAA. And, and it doesn't mess up anything service time. I can't imagine Castillo is one of the guys you're going to be worried about losing a year for, no. if that's the case. Um, that frees up a spot for, like, Stephen Alamace in AAA. Someone like him, if he, if he comes comes in, that that was when I was trying to do my AAA, AA roster kind of thing. It was hard to find a a spot for him to, to uh, get some consistent playing time. Yeah. Um, Bay Bay is another one too. You know his Bay's interesting. Are, uh, he he's very like it's hard to find it. Like I almost had, I almost felt like I had to put him back at double A just to almost find him some playing time. Yeah, and like second base isn't an option 
for playing time at double A this year because Nick Gonzalez will be there. Yeah. So you're almost forcing him into the outfield. I think I think this year you almost have to feel like Bay I know he got some time at second base in a spring training game, but I feel like this year if you're gonna move him to center field, now's the time just to pull on do it. And even then, there's still really not much room for him. Mm-mm. No, because if you think about it, it that's Peggy and Gonzalez's middle infield in double a that's theirs no one's going to take that from them so you know when you have piguero and gonzalez up the middle pretty much a lock it it is hard to find a place for bay um every i mean the only the only position that i really feel like off the top or i mean well cruz is going back down to it there's no middle infield position available in, in the upper levels. No, no, there isn't. None. No, no. Um, there isn't. You can't even say there's really an outfield spot available. No, because he's going to play center in Double A. Yeah. And uh, Swaggerty's probably going to play in in Triple uh, A in Indy. Yeah. So I do want to give a little shout out to Dion Walker. Been talking to him uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, he told me he was playing with the double A guys recently, uh, had a game with the double A guys against the Braves today. Uh, I don't know how he did. He hasn't gotten back to me yet today, but, um, that's interesting. He said he was playing, I think left field Frazier was in uh center mm-hmm. and that kind of gives a hint that quite to, the jump. Yeah. It, it kind of gives a hint though, to who's going to be left out of Indy. Because someone has to. And I thought maybe yeah. it would be a switch with Frazier and Sawinski. I thought Sawinski might stay in double A. But it looks like Frazier. I mean. And it doesn't I mean, I, really I matter, does it? No, not really. I think I think I think Frazier, you can you you're okay with uh putting him in, in Altoona to start solely because he's not on the 40 man yet. And you kind of want to see Sawinski as much as you can at as high as a level as possible. And then also, what is it, Frazier? It was, I feel like it was less than half a season worth that he and he played in Altoona anyways. Yeah. So you can leave him up there for, leave him there for a month or two. People start getting hurt or, or moved up and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, or he keeps hitting the way he did last year. They'll, they'll find a spot for him. Yeah, they have to if he hits so, the way he did. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure within a couple months, I, I know Swaggerty's had some setbacks in spring already, but I'm sure within a month or two, they're they're going to want to look to maybe give him a shot, which is probably why they're okay with not making too many moves and the bench just kind of falling in place the way it is. Yeah. Swaggerty's a good defensive option, if anything. He is. He is. You know, and his thankfully, the arm that he hurt is not his throwing arm. That's a plus two. And it's not the one that he's doing with the, the issue with right now. Yeah. So it's a minor setback from what we've heard and seen. So he's still like, he's still like DH in games and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Did I, did uh, I read that right? Shelton yeah. said he's ready for DH, not defense. Bro. Which okay. I'm cool that's, with. That's good. 
I, I mean, the defense is his thing. The defense is going to carry him wherever he goes and everything like that. Yeah. It's, it's the hitting that, that we, I really wanted to see him get the work in. So it's yeah. like, I don't want to see him hurt or, or held back or anything like that. But if there's one, one thing that it, it worked out good, I feel like yeah, a better option. And if you think about it, we kind of said the same thing about Cabrian Hayes coming up. Defense is there for him. He needs to work on his hitting. That's fine. Throw him yep. in the DH. Get him as many fucking at-bats as possible. I don't care. Defense carries you with you wherever you go. As long as he doesn't get yeah. the Greg Polanco noodle arm. I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> I know that touched, <laughs> that, that touched a sore spot with you. I know. I'm sorry. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Murph, it, it, I'm glad Nola showed up kind of sad he had to go yeah he uh he's in the midst of moving him and the and the lady uh moving back uh to new orleans they're finally going to get to see each other for the most part uh so happy for him um understand that he had to go but we miss him because he gives good insights and uh some funny jokes Uh, told me to talk like russo to mackie uh i did not (laughs) yeah I, I told you we have to get Russo on and then yes. like, interview him like Russo. Yes, that would be <laughs> fucking phenomenal. Um, but Murph, any uh, wise words of wisdom before we wrap the show up, man? Nothing that won't hurt Pirates fans' feelings because <laughs> I know we're excited and this has been a blush. But sample size do matter. And was it Jason brought up a very good point about that Michael Perez home run? The wind has been very generous down there for a lot of them. Mm. Yeah. So it's been fun. But remember, it's been a week of spring training where everyone was rushed. Everyone was rushed. Everyone. I mean, that's why they're expanding the rosters. Pitchers are not ready. And that's what spring training is for. It's for pitchers. Let's be honest. Yeah. Hitters, yeah, timing, but it's pitcher. It's a pitcher thing. So I like the wise words of wisdom, the bare necessities. I need to get a soundboard just to play that song. And it'll be your segment. (laughs) Yes. Um, But no, guys, that's going to do it uh, for this episode. I genuinely hope you enjoy Jason's uh, little nuggets and words of wisdom and insight. he knows better than anyone. He's been down in uh, Bradenton, down in Florida, uh, checking these guys out and seeing what they can do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of spring training and the start of minor league season and major league season. Uh, get to see. I'm excited to watch Mitch Keller, man, and your boy JTB. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. He looked real Opening good. He, looked, he might be. He looked real good. He looked sharp. That slider looked nasty. Oh, well, I heard or I read something to where it said, oh, the slider is always nasty. Yeah. Slider is always nasty. <laughs> What'd you hear? What'd you hear? I, I heard I heard that, uh, or I read or something like that, that the way that the days line up, that that odds are that it'd be either Quintana or Brubaker since they both pitched that specific day. Yeah. Um, and they can always move stuff around now. But as, like, as of now, I think it lines up to one of those two ending up as the opening day. And Jason which, mentioned a piggyback type deal that could happen. Mm-hmm. 
So, so it could be, I mean, it could could be both of them technically then. Yeah. I guess. I wouldn't be mad at it. No. I like JTB in a piggyback role, man. As long as he's the starter. As long as he's the <laughs> starter. Right. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. I, I know you're not going to move from this uh, hill. You'll die I mean, on it. Like, like you, like you said, and like you said, it's the way the game is trending. And, and if that, if that's the, if that's the way we get the, our most effective JTB, then in two or three innings, two, three or four innings, then like whatever gets the best out of him, let's do it. Yeah, why not? And hey, it saves his arm. He Absolutely. got real tired at the end of the season, man. He did. He did. They should have. They should have shut him down a lot earlier than they than they did. I get they're still kind of scraping by trying to find guys to to yeah. round out the innings and whatnot. But he, he he was way past due to get shut down when he. I mean, did. Bryce Wilson got shut down before he did. Yeah, I was a little I was a little upset at that when they shut down Bryce Wilson first. Yeah. Over over JT because because like it had been like a good month now that like you're kind of thinking like yeah he 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 doesn't need to be going out there right now. No. So especially in a thankfully lost he season. Came, it looked like he came out healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully he came out healthy out of it. So it's whatever. JTB man, you're 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 Cy Young of the, the year. Goat. The goat. Yeah. The goat. That is my most that goat that goat gift is my number one used gift on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'm not shocked. I I used it no less than I think five to ten times that day he pitched. <laughs> I need to give a little insight here. Uh, the boys give me a, a little razzin when I discuss the three to four inning starting pitcher. Uh, if, if it was up to Cody, we wouldn't have starting pitchers. Nope, we would just have guys throwing one inning. It'd be we'd have the All Star <laughs> game every single day, every single day. <laughs> guy going two innings and then a, a, hey. a reliever one inning at a time. A W that, is that a is W. How Cody envi- that is how Cody envisions the fu- the future of baseball. Yes. Absolutely. A bunch of of pitchers getting out and doing their thing because the pirates are filled with them. They are one inning at a time. Yeah. They're filled with them though. If you think about it, man, their entire major league roster pitchers, except for like two fit that role perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you could make, you could almost make the case that every starter is more, like just because like the the math is there and the numbers are there that yeah. you're just better one to two times through through a lineup. Yeah. So like you can make the case that every, like that that's just everybody now with it. But like I mean that's I mean that's cool that's cool in the All Star game because you get to see everybody. I don't want to see that every game. Come on, don't you want to see Anthony Bonda every game? Come on. No. <laughs> I, don't yes, see, I don't I don't want to see him one game. <laughs> No, I get it. I'm Mr. Ray's over here, and I, I, I have the advanced analytics brain, and I don't have pitchers going six innings, not even an MLB the show. I, I literally have them go three innings. That's just how I roll. Speaking of, I, I, I busted that out again the other day. Did you? And if, if actual teams use their minor league players the way that my, they use the road to the show players – Everyone would have like Tommy John by the end of the the season. Like my dude was like dead tired, and they still had him going out there pitching like an extra inning. Did they really? I'm like my dude's exhausting, and I'm, I'm like, 
and I do like the dynamic meter. So like my difficulty is going up. It's like, I'm just getting shelled here. And I'm just like, please take me out of this game. <laughs> please do something. Now, nope. do you go the Otani route? Did you go the Otani route? Oh, no. I I mean, it, it was fun while I did it. And like, I almost had to put no effort into the hitting and I was doing good. But now I just want to pitch. Yeah. See, I did the Otani route and I was a shortstop and pitcher. And I built it up to where I'm like a 99 overall on both, but hitting's boring anymore. I'm tired of it. My my thing is, is like I, I'm a lefty, and like I'm limited to what positions I can play in mm. the field, to like first base and in the outfield. Yeah. I don't really like playing the outfield on on the show. I definitely don't like playing first base on the show. Outfield, like, I, like is if I'm gonna play, severely yeah, crazy. Yeah, like chasing. So like if balls, I'm gonna play in the no. field, I want to play like shortstop. Yeah, but if I Short do that, fun. I can't. I can't throw left-handed. Third so, base is fun too. Yeah, third base isn't bad. Third base is fun, but it's but first base or outfield is the only thing I can do left-handed. So now, did you pick the Pirates or did you just have a random generator? Yeah, I picked, okay. I picked, after after like ending like I did it twice and I end up with like the Brewers and the Dodgers. I said, no, nah, I'm just gonna go to the to the mm. Pirates. See, I got drafted by the Mariners and the Marlins. Okay. I was cool with it because I like the Marlins minor league system. I like their teams, which yeah. is like – Every team there is good. The There's Jumbo good Shrimp. Fucking love it. Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Toronto, I got drafted by them too. That was interesting. I like their system. Um, I like their jerseys more than anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, guys, we're going to keep yep. rambling uh, if uh, I don't step in here because uh, that's just what we do. That's how we be. Uh, I'm, do. I'm rolling yeah. <laughs> on a shit ton of coffee right now. Uh, I got, like, six of them in my fridge right now, iced coffees for tomorrow. That's how I roll. Uh, caffeinated because that's all I, all I do. Murph doesn't like the coffee, and, then, and it's, it's sad. He's just shaking his head. He's not even speaking a word. <laughs> I can't do I can't do the coffee. Like people have called me crazy, and maybe I am, but like I just I just go off pure willpower in the morning. <laughs> like I'll get two hours of sleep, and so, I don't know how. I don't know how. I'm starting to get a little bit older. It's not as easy anymore. But angst and hate. I just get up and get going. You're fueled yeah. by angst and hate. Yeah. Yeah. You chose you choose violence every morning. Sure, sure. Yeah, I feel bad for. Kim. I mean, I got to, I got to in my job. <laughs> I feel bad for Kim. She, she's a lot more angry than I am. Oh she shit! Is okay, a lot more angry than I am. Okay, she is so much. More, I had to tell her to chill because we were leaving the Wawa parking lot, and, and someone drove towards the middle of the line, and she's just started going crazy. And I just looked at her and said, "Can you please just like calm down?" <laughs> <laughs> It's not that big of a deal. Right? Like, there's a couple okay. times Hannah's gotten, like, super pissed at somebody, like, in public. And I'm like, dude, now I got to defend you and get even more angry. I don't want to get a headache today. Come on. Can we, like, be copacetic? But no, yeah. No. Just, just, just let it go. Like, yes, they're, they're, it's Virginia. There's bad drivers everywhere. Just let it go. But I get, uh, it. I get it with her, too, because she drives, like, two to three hours a day for a job every oh, day so at least well more no she i mean that's all she does mm. she drives like an hour and a half to her job 
And then her job is actually to drive from place to place. Oh. So, yeah, she's on the road for like seven, eight hours a day. See, I did the UPS delivery thing for a while. Couldn't do it, man. I just can't stand jumping in and out of the trucks. Just couldn't do it. So I work in in the good old factory. So... I don't know, but guys, how we usually end things, you know it, you listen to this show, all seven of you. Um, we give out our socials, so I'm going to start with me. I'd really appreciate a follow on Twitter, at Murfanko, uh, M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Give me a follow. I tweet some funny stuff sometimes, some pirates-related stuff and personal stuff. Um, Murph, Big Bear, Murph Dog whatever you want to be called today, give them your social, man. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. Yes. The double underscore King. Yep. <laughs> Which I stole from somebody. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You thief. Hey, we have something in common. Um, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Probably already follow Jason Mackey. Great, great writer. Like I said, gives good insights. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't know Jason Mackey's Twitter if you're a Pittsburgh Pirate fan? But to give him a little shout out, it's at J Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y-P-G. And that's all the socials uh, for the people here. But give Nola Jeffy a follow as well. It's easy at Nola N O L A Jeffy J E F F Y, and uh, that's all the Twitter follows. Um, I will give Murph's YouTube link uh, in the comment section, or I guess in the show notes. I got to get proper here. Uh, mm-hmm. His 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 videos are yeah. addicting, and he figured out the audio issue. Murph. You were holding back audio until you got the likes. Never getting audio again. Until Murph got enough likes, he wasn't going to release the audio. But now he has. And he's graced us with it. So, Murph, we appreciate you for that, man. Great, great episode, brother. And uh, love you guys. Murph, let's go Bucks. (laughs) 